Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Bertvik. But nobody calls me it, so why do I even use it? It's crazy. And who do I have on the other end of the line? I am Sean Boggy Holly. Boggy Holly. Uh, I have used... We've been talking about the game Boggy 84 in this podcast at the end of it. And I have been using lots of other names for Boggy 84. None of them good. Oh, in fact, scary. all insulting. Poor old Boggy. Anyway, before we get to that, what have you been up to, Sean? Let's start with you, because you're going to be leading this podcast, because you like this game, and I'm yeah. going to allow you to big it up, and then I'm going to destroy it with fire. Hmm. Hmm. So we've already got a hint of what's going to happen, kids. Anyway. Or, yes. maybe I played it quite a lot and enjoyed it. Hmm. Ah. Who knows? Let me just see. Hang on. Let's just see what it's got on Sidekick. On Sidekick, one. 5.39 based on 23 votes. I'm going to I'm going to change that and say it's 10. Just a minute. I'm just going to go and on this- Sidekick right now and vote it down. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, son? <laughs> I've been am- having a breakdown, as you can hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can tell. I've been doing a new YouTube video in Blackpool. Check out Sean's Arcade. I will. Next time I have a bath, I'll be watching that on Blackpool Seafront mm-hmm. and I've I've helped Alex with his arcade archive high score organisation and spreadsheet thing that's, oh that's going to be so good is this going to be kind of like a UK arcade like a high score database for people in the UK and maybe Europe or is it just for the arcade archive it's just for the archive at the minute but he's I've, I've set him up a spreadsheet and um, of course you have hopefully we we, 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 have been, we have been playing our type leo on it so i've been splitting nice. that good game good game good game <laughs> i've got really rubbish at it it's embarrassing oh anyway, dear I, I also went to see bobby idard oh in, a legend the legend in leeds in let me say it properly leeds. in leeds it leeds and leeds has me, got four e's in the middle everyone knows that i didn't know that yeah in leeds and he let me borrow a Korg microcord and Ooh. a Chaos 2 mini sampler. Now, there's so a little the mi- picture of it here, and it looks... It's got so many knobs. That's the TRAS. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. What's the Korg, the actual keyboard? That's the keyboard below. Ooh, it's got a lot of knobs and twiddly bits, still. And it, it's, I haven't looked at the... Ca- I've tried the Chaos pad, it's just insane. So I'll, I think I'll learn, learn, the, learn the keyboard first, which I am doing. The, the sounds are amazing. It's a very well-known keyboard, actually. Mm. It's still being. It was released in two thousand and two, and it's still being sold now. I think wow. it's the long, longest production it's really a long musical. shelf life, and you can tell why the sounds are amazing. So I wanted something to play because the the TRAS is mostly drum patterns, and it's very hard to make a tune. So right. tunes, I'm just pointing there, kids. Tunes go out of the Korg into the TRS. Everything comes out of the TRS and into. Can you see what's in the corner there of the picture? It looks like my old Mac. It's your old Mac. I'm so glad you're using it because you were a bit of a skeptic on Apple, and I'm, I'm a big Apple user anyway. Because I just, I'm not one of these turdy people who just bangs on about. The, th- the reason I got a Mac in the very first was my wife got one first. Cause we got so fed up with Windows just not working, just failing, reinstalling, all that sort of stuff on PCs. With a Mac, I can hand on heart say that Mac there. Mm. And I think the eight or nine years I owned it from brand new, it failed on me once where I had to reinstall the OS. And that's because Skype messed things up. 
and Skype wouldn't work properly. And Skype uh-huh. is a Microsoft product. And I found out that, that that bug in it is a well-known bug, and it actually happened on the iMac I'm using now, my main computer now. It happened on that. That's why we don't use Skype anymore, because mm. it's just flipping Microsoft. So I'm a big user of Macs. I've got you know this iPad, iPad and I, iMac here. I've got a uh, i what's it called? The, the, they've got an iPhone, obviously, because it works together. I had that old MacBook Air, and I got the new MacBook Air with the M2 chip in it, which is tons even faster than this big computer here. And they just they just work, and that's all I want it to do. I want it to do. I don't want to play games on it. I don't want to do certain things. And as long as it does all we're doing here, everything I do normally with it. And it works absolutely well. I don't need to play games. I don't play games on a PC anyway. So because Macs aren't good for PC games, it's as simple as that. But I'm really glad, as well as just a podcast, you're using it to make music, and that's generally what they're for. They're for makers making music, making art, all that sorts of podcasts and lots of stuff. So it's really nice you're actually getting some use out of that. It's brilliant. What Bobby Edad said, he said, "I'll give you one piece of advice: keep your music door, which is a digital audio workstation, keep oh, yeah. that separate from your everyday keyboard, everyday com- computer, whatever, because right. you'll just." You know, don't have the internet on, have nothing on, yeah. so you've you've just got the software. I said, Well I've got I've got FaceTime on as well. So just just keep it with M two yeah. and you'd be surprised how more productive you are. But yeah. the reason the reason I couldn't I was gonna get a dri- I got a driver for the TRA test that allows audio out and then you can do all sorts of different things with the audio out. You can record digital audio instead of just leads. Yeah. Leads <laughs> leads but there wasn't a driver for Linux. I thought, oh god, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to dual boot with. Oh with god, win- no! With Windows, and I love this MX Linux. I did not want to dual. Well, you couldn't dual boot. I don't think you had to install Windows and then put Linux on top. Oh, and no. I, thought, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. So I started looking into the Mac. Yeah. And that had a driver, and that works perfect. Mm. That's, if you go and see like um, electronic bands, we've seen quite a few in our time. A lot of the time, if it's not a full-on, you know, orchestral band with drums, guitars, bass, you know, all that sort of stuff, it's usually a guy with a keyboard and a Mac and a singer. You know, a lot of these electronic mm-hmm. sort of, you know, synthwave bands are like that. And talking of that, have you heard Dream Kids' album yet? It's no, absolutely that- magnificent. Uh, if you like 80s synth, it's, I'm, I'm thinking of like the... The kind of Miami Vice soundtracks from yesteryear. Oh, you, right. you will absolutely love it. It is an absolutely brilliant album. I kept seeing this person on Twitter, and there was little sort of um, short videos of him playing keyboards just in, in into the camera, the music. And he's really interesting. Look, he's got pink and purple hair, and he's got all the makeup on. He looks just like an eighties kid. Um, and I thought, oh, I must have. To, I keep looking at it, and my Twitter's always on mute. So I, thought, I listened to it, and then. It's actually quite good. So I downloaded, I found the album on um, Apple Music, and I was listening to it in in the car on the way home from Montrose. I had to go up to Montrose and do some stuff in Mum's house over the weekend, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's really, really good. I think you'll love it, mate. I might even support the the guy by buying the album. Might buy the, the I think it's got like a, a coloured vinyl. I think so. I might just get that. Yeah. Support me. It's really, really good. I'll put a link in the show notes to. Uh, his band camp or whatever they use nowadays for whatever they do to, to promote the music. But it's absolutely brilliant. And a lot of the people who follow me on Twitter, I've, I've retweeted it a few times, and a lot of people have said, thank you for showing me this. It's really good. And they're, they're sort of getting into it as well. And it's, it's really, really good. You'll love it. Yeah, if you love this so. kind of thing, you'll love this. It's brilliant. 
I like I do like techno stuff. It's not that kind of stuff. It's sort of more sort of eighties synth wave. So if you're sort of thinking of you know the sort of um, like the Max Headroom program in the nineties and stuff like Mammy Vice, because I had some of the soundtracks from Mammy Vice when I was a kid. Because they had some, they had the Cure on there, they had the Damned on there, loads of bands I liked at the time. They featured in in the actual episodes of the TV show, and they they did the compilations on CD and tape. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I think you'll really get some out of this. Really good. Have you heard of the Last Arcade? I have because when I was listening to that band, uh, that person, Dream Kid, I let on Apple Music. If you just let the album finish. It plays stuff that's like it, like the algorithm uses things. And it was playing, um, there was one called Gunship, which is sort of more modern band that do 80s stuff. There was that band, and there was a load of them, which I really enjoyed. It's just, it just, it sort of went really nice, it's a transition to some really nice music. I thought, and I was favouriting a few, I was just stopping by and, and favouriting a few as, as I listened to them. Really good. Love it. Uh, that, that's Steve press play, press play on tape from Retro Asylum is involved in that band. That oh, I see. Him. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's some, there's some really good tracks. Very we should tap them up for some tickets one day. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two other things, the normal stuff, I've been doing some Krav Maga. <laughs> ow, ow, like my, my ear hole. Ow. <laughs> and Country Walks. With, wow. Country Walks, Country Walks. Date night as well. Wednesday night is date night. We had a date we night. Could, we went we to see a film lovely, and it was incredibly dull. Lovely meal. What did you see? We saw a film called... No. El, El Ennisman. It's oh. it's a film about not a lot that happens on a little island off Cornwall, and it's a bit mad. It's oh, it's um <laughs> yeah yeah. It, I was expecting a bit. I, I seen the guys of the film, and it's really good. A, a film called Bait, which is oddly about fishermen, but it was still really good. And this one oh, just yeah. didn't hit the spot for me. It wasn't as good, but I really enjoyed being out with wife. It was lovely, and we had, we had some dinner afterwards. It's very nice. Very nice, very nice. So you've put in big capital, well, big bold letters here, bookshelf. Bookshelf. This is the thing I've been doing. I've been making a leviathan of a bookshelf. Now, I've made arcade cabinets before. I built a Donkey Kong cabinet from scratch. It was um, nearly perfect. I made a little mistake on it, but you didn't really notice it. And I think, I think James RGP's got it now, or Arcade Club Alpha, I can't remember. But I did a red Donkey Kong. I had original um, hardware inside. Everything else was repro. And I've made a uh, centipede cabaret-style cabinet, which I'm looking at right now. It's not quite finished yet. And I also made a Taito trim line once. And I've made all sorts of little bits and bobs with wood. But I've never been that good at it. I really like getting into the woodworking, you know, the power tools side of it and stuff. And this one here, wife wanted, in her office where she works because she works from home, it's she wanted a bookshelf. She's always wanted a bookshelf. It's one of her things, because she's massive into books. Mm. The size of the wall with a sliding ladder on. You know what you see in the fancy libraries, like the fancy home libraries, is the sliding ladder. I mean, you stand on it, it stays still. So you can pick up the yeah. ones at the top. I said, yeah, I'll do that for you. She, she wanted it for Christmas. I said, well, it's not really a Christmas present, but I will make you one, you know, because to get one that size, you couldn't just buy it in a shop. You'd have to have it specially made with a carpenter, and it would cost a fortune. So I'll do it. So... The cost part is a thing of it because the, the, the actual bookshelf is 3,880 millimeters, so 3.8 meters by, I think, I think four meters tall. It's a whole width and size of the whole wall. So the bottom bit is like 450 millimeters deep. So it's like a tabletop with cupboards and drawers. 
the whole length of the room. So the, the cupboards and drawers are like about nearly a meter wide. And then it's going to have 300 mil deep bookshelves from, from there, which is about a meter high, up to the top of the thing. And sort of three quarters away up is going to be a sliding rail where the, the ladder's going to go. So talking about expense, it's 500 quid's worth of materials alone. Oof. So it's, it's a lot of um, 18 mil ply, 50 by 25 battens for the lower frame. And I bought a few new power tool toys as well to make it. So they'll be in the pickup section. Had a few meltdowns while I've been making it because I'm a precision engineer by trade. So I work to uh, 0.1 of a millimeter, which is general tolerance for us, down to hole diameters like 0.01 of a millimeter, 10 microns. And so I'm used to doing things precisely. So everything's got to be right, dead square, got all fit together. And, you know, we gauge things and measure things, this sort of stuff. With wood and the fact that it's never quite perfect uh, and Victorian wonky walls we've got in this house, you cannot deal with these kind of things with a precision engineer, which is me. It just won't work. So I'm a... I've, been, I've got. I've had a bit of an enlightenment by doing things wrong, basically, and fixing them. And I'm a bit more confident now that it'll all be when I've finished it. It'll all be trimmed and gussied up and made right at the end. And things won't be exactly the same within a millimeter. They just won't. As long as they look nice, no one's going to be putting a tape measure on it. Well, I'll see it's wrong, but no one else will. Cause my eyes are like that. But it's it's very weird going from doing such precise work to working with hand power tools and wood and wonky walls and making things fit and just, you know, jigging stuff around. And I've sort of been getting into it at first. I was having a really hard time with it. I was getting really frustrated with myself. And I sort of had a talk to myself and said, look, you're going to kill yourself if you keep trying to do it like this. And I've just sort of made it a bit easier now. And it, it has got easier. And I've watched a few little videos that I do things, certain like joints and stuff. I'm getting into it now. I'm getting right into it. And it's also, when I was buying the wood, I had to go to, I, I went to a proper sawmill to get it. You know, the big plate, they, all, they cut it to rough dimensions for me, which I've got to trim up and had it all delivered because there's quite a lot of wood. I've never ordered it in the car. I had to deliver it. So I got all that, but I had to go and buy a little piece of something just from a local like B&Q or a home base or whatever it was. And in there their um, cut-off section. They, they sell like cheap cut-offs. You've taken off a big piece or whatever. I found some 80mm MDF, which was, I saw it and thought, that looks about the right size for the back door of a sub-electro ISIS cab. I mean, one of my yeah. little cabarets. <laughs> and I, I know a few of mine. I think two of them need back doors because for some reason, arcade cabinets regularly lose their back doors. In their life, mm. they just lose the back door. I don't know if they've been sitting, you know, been fixed or something in an operator's room and they leave it and they don't bother fixing it and the back door gets thrown out or whatever. I don't know. But I think two of my cabs need back doors. So I've got enough wood there, MDF, to do a back door. And I've made loads of back doors before. They're really easy to make. You just trim them to size. You cut a hole in the right place for the lock. You you add on a little batten at the bottom for the little step that it sits in. And it's very easy to make. And sometimes you have a grill on there, a little hole with a grill in it or something for some air ventilation. It's very easy. But with that and the woodwork I've been doing... It's been, it's gone from like me having a meltdown to when I finish this bookshelf, God knows how long it's going to take, to making a new arcade thing. I want to make something arcadey. So it's going to have a CRT in it and some controls. It's not going to be a full size cabinet, but I might make like a cube. Cause I made a cube pong before, which is like a quarter size pong, the little tabletop one that was in the arcades in the seventies. I made one of those and gave it away. 
Um, but I might do saw something. that one, didn't I? Yeah, you've seen it. I think yeah. uh, Phil Murray's got it now. I'll give it to Phil Murray because he really liked it. But yeah, I'm going to do something else. I'm not sure what it's going to feature because I've got quite a few little black and white TVs that I can use as a as a monitor. And I've got some, like I'm talking five-inch ones. And I think I've got two eight-inch mono monitors as well. So I'm thinking like a breakout or a Space Invaders or something in black and white. I can maybe put overlays on or something. Hmm. It is good when you learn new stuff, though, I think. Yeah, because some of this stuff, I've always been into, I've always been interested in woodwork, especially like at school. I used to make things at school, you know, I did quite well. I got an A in, in um, wood and metalwork at school. And I've always watched programs. Like there's, a, there's a, you know, like the Great British Bake Off. There's a woodwork one. Yeah. And Mel Goodreich um, hosts it, and it's a really good, it's been two series of it, it's really cool. I watched that, and I watched the American version as well. And I used to watch Norm Abrams, the master woodworker, on Sky years ago. And he he does lots of, you know, big plans. But he's got a full workshop with table saws and table routers and all this sort of stuff. So he's got all the gear to do it. I've just got a few fatty little hand tools to do it in, in, the, in the bedroom sort of thing. But I'm really getting into it, and... Yeah, hopefully I can get back into making some arcade kind of stuff because I'm really into using these. I've had these monitors for years now and never used, never even powered them up. So I'm going to be interested in getting them. It's doing some sort of old kind of style black and white thing. Really looking forward to that. I've been with this music thing. It's like a what do you call it, a quadruple whammy of learning. So I've, I've learned how to use the TRAS. There's still yeah. there's still menus that you dive into. And then I got the Korg, and that's got more menus to dive into. You love menus, don't you? And then Is there any this, spreadsheets on there? There's a kind of like a spreadsheet matrix. I just saw Korg. a little twinkle in his eye then when he said I that. Could, I could get a spreadsheet to explain. A smile and, just turned up inside of his mouth. And then you've got the the recording software on the Mac, yeah. which is which is different to what I've used on like Linux and Windows. Mm. And then you've got the Mac itself. Yeah. Le- learning all that because everything's so locked down, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. You just can't mess it up. You know, you can do certain yeah. things and it's simple as that and you can't mess around with it and can't knack yourself up. So it's good. It's, it's really nice actually to be getting creative again. Mm. It sounds getting, good get, your side. I need you. Getting right learned up. When you're learned up proper, right? You need yeah. to make an 80s kind of tune and have some arcade samples in it i really want to hear that i'm really <laughs> looking forward to you doing something like that you know something you know i'll even put some singing in for you if you like bad singing obviously you could do yeah I might, oh, be, I might be doing some sort of moody dub techno though i don't mind i just want to have some as long as it's got some cool beats and it's got cool beats listen to me and some arcade samples in and it, you can I'm dance happy. to it and you can yes i can dance to it in front of the fire <laughs> is that a thing dancing in front of the fire i don't know uh, no, who knows? We should stop being old duffers and get on with things, shouldn't we? What have we been playing? Games, Sean. What games have you been playing? This is what this podcast's about, not woodwork and making sounds. Only two, because I've been learned right up. I've been learned right up. R Type Leo for Alex's archive score. Yes. Which is the first of Great his. Game. 12 games it is really good and i've been playing the featured game <laughs> which we will talk about do we know why it's called boggy 84 yet no idea because it, it looks like it's set in a swamp or something doesn't it i don't know bit. in the uk i'll just say this before we do the review in the uk a bog 
it's obviously just you know um, scrubland with marshes and stuff in bogland. But a bog is a slang word for the toilet. I'm just going to the bog a minute. It means you're going to the toilet. Mm. And that's why I think of this game. I think of the toilet. <laughs> so with me, I've been really pushing myself, i.e. yesterday, to play Bollocky 84, whatever it's called. I played it a bit at the start of the podcast, Playtime, and I hated it. But did that change over time? Mm. I've also been playing, uh, I've had a game of Rainbow Islands for the Master System Challenge on Twitter. Um, there's a guy called 8BitBoyUK, been doing some Master System challenges. I noticed Smarty Martin, our mate, who's really into the Master System, was following it and doing some himself. And they played uh, a game I didn't quite get a chance to play for the challenge. Oh, what was it called? Powermonger 2. It's a shooter. Powermonger 2? Is it Powermonger 2? Can't remember. But the, play, the game they've been playing recently, I've just finished it now, was Rainbow Islands for the Mass System. And I got, I had a few goes on it. I got like a quarter of a million, which is not a bad score. And it's quite a sort of sedate game. It's quite a slow paced game on, on the Mass System. But a little while ago, I got Rainbow Islands for the Famicom. And it's, it's a, a sort of mid range price game for the Famicom. Because a lot of them are really, really cheap, especially from Japan. But this is sort of a, a little bit higher priced one. And I got it because it's an arcade game. I love arcade games. And I really quite like it on the Famicom as well. The 8-bit versions are really Ooh. good for it. So I've been playing that, and I quite like it. I'd never really Ooh. bothered with it before. I know I know it's obviously it's a similar kind of game to Bubble Bubble. It was sort of a, a sequel kind of thing. Kind of, weren't it? It's, yeah. I think it was done by the same team. I can't remember. But... I've never really got into it. Never really got the sort of the bubble, the, sorry, the rainbow blowing and then standing on the rainbows and jumping and doing that sort of thing. But when I listened to, and to a few people on Twitter about it and what to do, it sort of got in place. And it's a really good little game. Quite like it. I've not really played much of the arcade version, but the the Famicom and the Master System are great versions. I really like it. So I'll have to try the the arcade version. I reckon. Mm. I got some. Obviously, I bought more Famicom carts. We'll talk about that in the pickups. But of course, you did. Some of those are Double Dragon One and Double Dragon Three. This is a big bundle I bought, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, for a start, I think I prefer the Famicom or the NES versions of Double Dragon One and Two because I, I, me and my brother had that as, as kids. Well, I was sort of more of an adult. He was a kid, and we used to play Double Dragon One and Two, and I used to play it a lot on the Game Boy. And I think I like that version better than the arcade version. I think the arcade version is a little bit janky. Sorry, Dean, from the Retro Asylum podcast. It's his favourite game. I'm not that keen on the arcade version, but I do like the Famicom and NES version of it. And Double Dragon 3, the Rosetta Stone, is always dissed as the worst Double Dragon. On the Famicom, it's quite a good little game. quite like it. But I was playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I really liked on the NES uh, early early days but when I play it now it's a bit of a mess it's really really flickery and it's not a very good game at all I, I don't I really don't like the arcade version but I thought the the NES Famicom version was better I'm not into it at all uh, yes, also yes, the game is a mess yes I, I must confess yes. I must confess yes oh yeah and the oh. other one is Tetris 2 I know that wasn't in the arcades but there's a load of Tetris games but on the Famicom there's one called Tetris 2 and Bombless like two sort of the same similar games on the same cartridge Ooh. Bombless is an excellent Tetris variant with bombs in it it's really good and Bliss and lots of Bliss mm. so they're the games I've been playing lately Ooh. Arcade News 
ice cold beer is back and it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a re well, it's not a repro. It's it's like they've got a well, I suppose it's a, a it, copy it sort of, of the eighties kind of one. Yeah, if you haven't played ice cold beer, people, it's a it's a mechanical uh, electromechanical game by Taito. Got two joysticks. You got a um, a physical board in front of you full of holes, and certain holes you got to get the ball in. And at the bottom of the screen, it starts off at the bottom. You got a li- you got um, a metal bar, and your two levers move the left and right sides of the bar up at times. So you can sort of teeter totter the ball around. And the idea is to get the ball in the hole it lights up, not in the other holes that are in the way. So it starts off with just a few holes in your way and the holes are going and at the top it gets loads of holes so you've got to try and miss them and it's a really really cool game of skill and they're really expensive cabs to buy still and they're obviously they're old arcade mechanical motors and stuff inside and solenoids and all that sort of stuff but I was reading about the new one the new one works on I think it's either a mini computer or an FPGA I can't remember but it's got lots of parts and then new modern parts which will last a lot longer won't need so much maintenance but it's exactly the same as the old one. The artwork's the same, the cabinets are the same, the holes are in the same place, and apparently it plays exactly the same. And they're being sold um, to arcades to be used as arcade, you know, machines to be made money out of. So they're going they're in barcades. Always, always popular, aren't they? Oh, they really are. Remember when we went to Eurocade? That's that's what I was I was trying to tell yes. trying to tell Jan that I've lost that t shirt and I said have, have you seen a blue t shirt Euro play Euro star Euro Euro aid yeah we went to the Netherlands didn't we quite a few years ago to the Euro which is a big um, meeting up of of a lot of European arcade collectors and they bring games in and someone had made like a, a quarter sized um, ice cold beer but it played it was a screen rather than physical, and it had the two joysticks, and it played really, really well. You would never know it was, obviously, it's a screen rather than physical, but it played just as good, and it had the different backgrounds, because there was ice-cold beer, uh, root beer tap, uh, what was it? There was some other versions of it, which weren't alcohol-based. Zeke's Peak, yeah, I think that was more the kiddie market, because obviously Mm. it's it's ice-cold beer, and it's beer, and they usually put them in bars and stuff. But that was a really cool little version, but this is an actual... Proper reproduction. It's really nice that people have. There's obviously still a need to make these cabinets, mm. electromechanical cabinets, or the kind of repro of one in 2023. I absolutely love it. It's really good. Hopefully, some of the arcades in the UK get it. I want to see what it's like because I really like the original. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's still popular. Mm. New arcade open in Lin- Lincoln. 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 It's, it's game on. It's game over. Arcade. That's Fantastic. Another one for us to visit sometime. Put a link in the no show. I think it's more modern stuff, but okay. it's an arcade and it's open. That's what we want, kids. Are we talking tickety now. machines? Are we talking dance machines or racers? Yeah, dance machines, racers. Hopefully, they have some older stuff for us as well. Be nice. I, I did a walk, walk around on my Blackpool video, right? I, I went in all the seafront arcades apart from two that were shut. Yeah. And there's this game, like, it's, it's, the game that's just reminded me on here called Ash, Asphalt 9, which is a, another mobile game that's yeah. made it into arcade form, oh. which, is, which is a racer. Yeah. I always, always thought that was weird, like F- Crossy Road, you know, Frogger was remade to Crossy Road. Yeah, I went back to the and, arcade, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um. 
bizarre, bizarre mm. really. And fruit, fruit ninja. I think I think that was a. That's gone to the arcade as well. Yeah, it's yeah, one the, button, isn't it? Yeah, or is it a swipey game on the screen? I can't remember. I think so, mate. Not interested. So. Is one. Yeah, this is some bad news from Toby Nanacorn. Breaking news, Vega, Vega London. We never went to this one because I think it's a bit more modern than, that, than what we like. Yeah, a lot of dance stuff there, I think. Yeah, another one bites the dust. This is pretty significant as it was a central London arcade locate, located for decades, specialising in fighters in the 90s and the noughties and music games in the 2010s. And the guy's written, it's a very, heart, a very heavy heart that I must announce. Sunday, 29th of January, Vega will close. It's a last-minute notice, and we're very sorry. And while no concrete details to share yet, we do have plans on moving all games to a new location in the future. Please await further news. Thank mm-hmm. you for very much for the memories and all the years. We hope to see you all soon. I think, yeah, we didn't see that one, did we? Because it's probably not our thing, is it? Really? Got f- is this the one that's downstairs in London? No, that's Las Vegas, isn't it? That's still going. Oh, okay. I've been there. Las Vegas Soho. Yeah, that's still mm. going. That. I think Toby used to run that one for a bit, or is it? It was the, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, hopefully it'll come back in because I think those we call modern arcades, they do a lot of dance and rhythm games, and they've got a massive following. There's so many people who are into that, and they get yeah. really into it. So hopefully there's going to be somewhere where they can play those because I've seen them playing it and they love it. Really enthusiastic, massive scene, movement. Uh, uh, yeah, real scene. arcade club there is. Yeah, it's good. I like seeing that. It's not our thing, but it's great to see people just playing in the arcade anyway. And the ones like Ubi, you know, where it's, it's just hands and not feet as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Quite, I like those ones. I'm quite into those. They're quite popular. Mm, with me as well. I like them ones. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I love about you. Biscuits with you. Here we go, kids. This is a public health warning Uh-oh. regarding McVitie's custard cream tasties. Now, McVitie's but, are the Rolls Royce of biscuits, aren't they? Well, mm. you say that. Mm. Uh oh. You've got the custard and cream. The wind is blowing. <laughs> because of a cold and dusty night. Talking of dusty, these biscuits, they break as you bite into them. And I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. I must have dropped the packet. Get is that because they're not made of concrete? No, they're biscuits, not. You know, you know when you eat biscuits, Sean, they are supposed to break. They're not made out of wood, you know. No, you bite a corner and the, the rest of it just shatters and falls to pieces. Oh, dear. It, it, it falls. So after three packets later and it still does it. Mm. So if you have to dunk, please don't. Did you don't. buy them from different shops? Did you do a scientific research? So you bought that one from Asda, that one from Aldi, and that one from... Marks and Spencer's or something, just to make sure it wasn't a bad batch. No, I didn't think of that. You just just filled your face full of three packs of biscuits. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and also, oh my word! Oh, you're know, complaining. Aldi, Aldi normally do good biscuits. The Belmont range is a good biscuit. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Wife got these from these custard creams from Aldi. Yeah, and you can see by the picture here, kids. We we'll have to put it in the no shows. The one on the left is from Tesco's. Yes. And the one on the right is these Aldi Belmont things. And they're darker. The, the, the biscuit's like cardboard. Oh. There's a lot less filling. I thought, well, 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 what are you doing, Aldi? And someone mentioned it at work today that they're crap. Oh, dear. Without it me looks even very saying, similar. Even the markings are similar. It's just slightly baked harder or burnt, as I like to call it. Yeah. So, so Aldi, this is the end of the public health warning. Don't get McVitie's tasties 
or Audi Belmont custard creams. Go for the real deal, the OG custard cream. Yeah, you've got Asda, you've got Tesco. Morrison's. Morrison's. <laughs> and and you've, got, you've got the posh ones, what I call posh custard creams, which are like the, the Fox's Crunch creams and them kind of things. They're really good. We had some but, the other day. They were from Sains- is it Sainsbury's Taste something or other, or, you know, try the taste. There's sort of like decent range. There were eight biscuits. They were about 16 millimetres thick. They were shortbread, and they they didn't last very long, put it that way. Me and wife had four each, like, within seconds. It was like a a pack of wolves. (laughs) Do wolves eat biscuits? I don't know, but it was like wolves. Have you heard of the biscuit, biscuit, biscuit munching wolves of Bolton? No. Are they a thing? Yeah. Anyway, never mind your biscuits. I've got a biscuit Uh, jointer review. Ooh. Do you know what a biscuit jointer is? Yeah, of course I do. What is it? (laughs) Do you not join join two biscuits together? I knew you were going to say something like that. It's actually a power tool. I have heard of it. You use, and it, it, it puts like, it's got a spinning blade in it. And it, you push it against a piece of wood and it puts a sort of like a, a crescent-shaped slot in it. And you, you turn it up 90 degrees to the other piece of wood and do the same in that. And you put these little things in called biscuits. They actually look like biscuits, a little pieces of wood, like sort of half-moon crescent-shaped things. Mm. And you put them in with glue and it makes a perfect joint. A biscuit right. joint. And I bought an Ein, Einhauer. It's a German-make one. And when I learned how to use it properly and clamp the wood down and got everything dead square, it works perfectly. If you're going to do if you're going to do cabinet making, you need yourself a biscuit jointer. Bish bosh. Ooh, there's my biscuit jointer for you. That sounds better than my biscuits. Yeah. Recent pickups. Talking of buying things lately, let's go through the stuff I have bought. Some Uh-oh. of it arcade, some not. So a nail gun. Oof. Now, if you're in, if you ever played Quake back in the day, mm. you want a nail gun. Unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't shoot out massive nails at demons. It's a like it's more like a stapler. Mm. You should, you've got to hold it down on the piece you're doing and fire it, and it it fires like 35 mil nails. It also does staples as well. It's very good for building boxes, which I've been doing for the part of the bookshelf. Biscuit jointer, we just talked about. When I learned to use it properly, works perfectly. Uh, that's the... What else did I buy? Lots of other wood stuff. So gaming-wise, I bought 22 Famicom carts from Japan. Uh, 22. 22 delivered, yeah. Another like 22. A lucky, like a lucky dip. I, no, no, these are ones I actually wanted, but quite a lot of them are quite cheap. So if you mm. get them from Japan, I think I said before... You can get them for like £1.50 up to like you know, 40 50 quid or whatever, some of the rarer ones. But the problem is, with one cartridge for, say, £1.50, the postage on it be 16 quid because it's from Japan and they can only use FedEx, apparently. But if you buy a bunch of them, the, the shipping's combined. It's not anywhere near as much. So I think, I think I paid about 40 quid shipping from Japan with all these cartridges. So I've got 22 Famicom carts, quite a few... Uh, arcade ports in which you really got Puyans in there 
Double Dragon 1 and 3. I need to get 2 as well. And one thing I noticed, I got, I'm not really into the Mega Man games. In, in, on the Famicom in Japan, they're called Rockman. That was the original name, Rockman games. Mm. And there's loads of them. They went on the snares and loads of other consoles later on. But they've always been known, the Capcom games, they've always been known as really challenging. And I got Rockman 3 and 4. They're quite cheap ones to get. 1 and 2 is more expensive. But 3 and 4 is quite cheap. And then 5 and 6 are reasonable priced. I'm going to greet on here, which is Scottish for crying, <laughs> how unfair Rockman games are. Have you ever played Mega Man games on the NES yeah, or the Game Boy? I've tried the early ones and I actually got to a point. It was on an emulator and I actually got to a point where I was save state in it after every jump. Yeah, it's, it it's was, insane, isn't it? It was that hard. Yeah. So in the arcade, Capcom games, when they got to sort of like the era of Ghosts and Goblins, they made the games quite difficult. Ghosts and Goblins is hard. Ghouls and Ghosts is incredibly difficult. And for some reason, I, I don't know if it's just more geared to the Japanese gameplay, which are usually a higher um, skill rate than in the West. But the Rockman games, are just they're insane. Just the first level, right? Because on the game, you start in the middle and you can choose which so and so man, like scissor man, cut man, wood man, python man, whatever, monkey man, you play against. You do the level and then you, you, you fight with these at the end. I think you gain their abilities later on. So any level you pick at any level, it's not an easy sort of way into the game where you can sort of do the first level a few minutes, you know, beat the baddie, no problem, maybe lose a life. They're just throwing stuff at you as soon as you start the game. There's stuff firing mm. at you immediately. And you're losing health. And you've got to keep getting health. You get quite a lot of health back when you shoot stuff. But it's just insane. It's just incessantly difficult. And I, I, I quite like the games because they're good little jumping, shooting, you know, sort of little platform games, running about and stuff. But they're just so insanely difficult. I think it's just turned turn the difficulty down to like halfway to start with at least. They'd be much more enjoyable, but... Oh my goodness, they're so difficult. Yeah, so they are known for it, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, insane. The, the later ones on the the snares, like the X Mega Man and Rockman X numbers, whatever, they must be even harder. But God, so difficult. I've actually got some. I've actually got some arcade stuff, Sean. Proper, Ooh. authentic arcade stuff. So when I went up to do some stuff at my mum's house, my brother's still there, and when he was looking through stuff, he actually bought an arcade machine years ago in Scotland when he lived there. And he had it there, and he got some bits with it, and he just kept hold of them. So I've picked up from him, because he obviously got rid of the cab years ago, he doesn't really play them. I got a Neo Geo 1 slot and Puzzle Bubble, of course, because that's the game that's got to go with the Neo Geo. You've got our Puzzle Bubble. So I'm going to donate that to the Arcade Archive, because Alex had a 4 slot in one of his cabs, and it wasn't working very well. So I'm going to send that to Alex. A bootleg Clax board, which works fine. I've got an original. And a bootleg pocket gal. Everyone wants a pocket gal PCB, don't they? Yes. Which is the slightly nudie pool game. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's oh, a right. pool game. It's, it's actually quite a good little pool game, but the nudie part is like unnecessary. But I suppose mm. it's for, for bars and stuff, for adult plays and stuff. So I'll probably use that as a, as a um, test board or, or sell it or give it away to someone who wants the parts for it or whatever. But the bootleg clacks works really nice. And also a life-size plastic cow. Nothing to see here. Move on. Right. Why? Right. There's a little story to tell here. (laughs) So, did I send you a picture of it? No. I'll send you a picture in a minute, right, of this life... It's sort of like a life-size small cow sitting down. Nothing invasive. Well, it is. It's quite big. Um, Well, 
my mum, right, uh, I think I said last, well, last time I told, uh, told the listeners that she died recently, you know, and when she was alive, she really loved working in her garden, but she couldn't do a lot in the garden because of her illnesses and stuff. So she, she had it all sort of um, stones in there and a little pond and she had lots of ornaments in there. So she had like animal ornaments, you know, sort of an owl in a tree and a frog and all this sort of stuff. And one time she she won. She used to do like the Irish lottery. She used to bet on numbers at the betting shop every week to bet on the numbers from the Irish lottery, not the actual Irish lottery, because you've got to be in Ireland, a resident to use the Irish lottery. So she used to do that. And one time she won like about 1,200 quid. She won quite a lot of money on it. I was like, oh, that's really good. She said, I've bought myself a cow. I went, what? <laughs> my mum was... A, Really funny. I think that's where I got my silliness from. She was a bit yeah. mad, right? I, I went, what? She goes, I bought a cow. I went, what do you mean a cow? She goes, and she showed me a picture. I went, what is it? She goes, oh, it's a big plastic cow. I went, why? She goes, for the garden. I went, what? How much was it? She goes, 700 quid. I went, what? And and I sort of calmed down a bit and went, cool. Buy whatever you like, love. You know, it's your money. You want it and you want it. So what happened is it was in the garden when my brother was looking around stuff. And I've always said to her, you know, when you go, when she was like, when you go, I want, the only thing I want out of the house, Aaron can have whatever he wants, you know, the wheel and blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I want that plastic pineapple. And you remember from the 80s, you used to get pl- plastic pineapples with the lid comes off and you used to put ice cubes in it? Yeah. yeah. I've got one. It's the original <laughs> one from the 80s, right? I always used to play with it as a kid. Because it's the mum and dad's drinks camera. I used to play with it as a kid. I always wanted it. I've got it. It's on top of my 28-inch TV next to me. There, I can see it from here, right? So I've got that. And I sort of said to Aaron, when when she died, sort of a little bit later, I said, I'm going to take the cow. He went, what? I'm having the cow. And, <laughs> and, and wife, my wife, Tori, was saying, we've got to have the cow. What should we put in the garden? I was like, yeah, we're going to have the cow. So every time we look in the garden now, we're going to see the cow and remember my mum. So it's, yeah. it's a really nice thing. I'm just going to send you the picture of it now, right? Just so you can see how big it is in the front room. It's sat in the front room at the moment. And uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy it because it is quite big. <laughs> and do you know what? It needs restoring as well because a little bit of paint has chipped off it. It's been outside for so many years. I'm going to restore it. So I've got some black and white paint and restore it. And we're probably going to put it in the garden, like a garden ornament. People will oh, think we're insane, it. obviously, but, you know, I don't care. Oh, it's like sitting, it's like lying down. Yeah. It's got mad eyes as well. It's a bull. It is a bull. Yeah. <laughs> You've got that in the front room. Yes, at the moment. <laughs> you go go down at night to get some Horlicks and then you get shocked when you walk in there think it's going to kill you. Yeah, but another thing is when I took it back in the car, I made sure it was looking out the back of the car. Yeah. So people were going past and, guy's got a cow in his car. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Let us move on. Have you been buying anything? Yeah, right. Arcade wise, yeah, no. But, uh, I got some. Your your automatic thing was to say yes and then and then explain yourself. No. Well, I got some wireless lapel mics. The last video I did, me because I've got a new phone. There's no headphone jack. Yes, it's and a I thought, thing, right, isn't it? I'll I'll sort the audio out after I've recorded it, and I, I didn't. So the audio is good when I'm walking around Blackpool, but when I'm sat in front of the sat in front of the piece, piece to camera, yes. it's quiet. And oh, Jim, Bag- Jim Bagley said, I can't hear anything. I said, it is there, it's quiet. So I got these kids, look at them. Ooh, Ooh. fancy. Ooh, Ooh, they look fancy. What do they do? 
All it is, is don't it eat them. Blue? That thing plugs into your phone. Yes. And your phone thinks it's a wired, a wired microphone. microphone. Okay. And you've got two two like two lapel mics, one for you and perhaps one for the person you're interviewing. Cool. And me and wife were checking them. I, I was I was in this room and she was in that room, and, and it was still really clear that. Oh, as nice. You, as if you're in line of sight, it's okay. As you're going around walls, it sort of starts to get a bit quieter. Yeah. But it's really good quality, so that'll be better for my YouTube. So that so is kind of. Is it going to make your YouTube videos any good? Not really, no. I didn't think so. They're still going to be very, very poor quality. Very, very poor. Yeah. Very yeah, poor. Don't, don't watch them, kids. This is reverse psychology. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next one, actually. You reminded me doing your thing. We, me and Waf built a wardrobe. It took us three days. It came, didn't come from Ikea. It came from Wayfair or something. Right. Wayfair. And the instructions were not good. Not as good as Ikea instructions. Yeah. But we've You've got a little finally, funny line-drawn fella telling you what to do on Ikea ones, haven't you? Yeah, but we've finally got it built, and she's got that in her room. So that's not, not as good as your I'm making bookshelf. it from scratch. I'll send you a picture of the base of it at the moment. It is humongous. You could you could land a jumbo jet on it. It's massive. Oh, this 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 one was probably more complicated because it had numbers and you had to you had to. So I had to get, make everything up myself. Get the screw number and put it in the hole number and that kind of thing. It's it's terrible. Listener feedback. And the first one is from Jason Japing Barber. Hi guys, happy new year. This is for a while back. Thank you so much for the podcast. It does cheer me up when it lands each month. It's great to do the high score challenge. I've discovered so many games I wouldn't have bothered about without this. It also motivates me to get into retro gaming event around Manchester one day when circumstances allow. Are you going to any events this year? Let us address that, Sean. We are, aren't we? We're going to go and see Alex's Arcade Archive sometime in April. It's April yep. the 8th. April the 8th. And that is a bank holiday in England, I believe. It is, so it's another... I said I'd never travel on Bank Holiday Weekend again, but here I am doing it again. It doesn't matter, because you're driving. I'll just be eating chips in your car. Yeah. So take it nice and slow. Take it nice and slow. We've got a nice Airbnb booked anyway. Yes. Looking forward to that. So that's one event we're going to. Um, Probably, definitely Nerg in July. Yes. Nerg's going to be interesting this year, because I think Big Phil this year is going to do... Instead of having the cabinets brought in from a supplier... I've got a feeling he's going to be doing it with people bringing their own cabs in, like a more of a community-held event. I Ooh. think he was he was thinking about it. I'll have to confirm. We'll get, we'll have to get on to Big Phil and find out what's going on with it. But yeah, Nerg's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always good to have you know meet up with our northern friends and have a good night out in, in um, Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, what other ones is there? Is there some plays on this year? Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be, be, be a play Blackpool. I might go to that. I, I did enjoy the Blackpool one. It's fun. And I'm not sure what else. I don't know if Craig Turner. I think Craig Turner's feeling a bit better from his illness, and he might be doing. I hope so. Yeah. So hopefully Craig will have a, a revival up and yeah. running. They're usually in Wolverhampton and the Midlands. They're always good events. They usually, I think they are all community held. Not everyone brings their cabs in and stuff. And Craig supplies a few of his own from home as well. So that's always a good thing. I like I like revivals a lot. Actually, they're great. Jason also says, I was wondering if listeners have any recommendations for game-related movies or books. Uh, yeah, there's tons, actually. I'm currently about halfway through a superb book recommended me called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It's about two game developers and their inspirations and ideas. The book is full of gaming references and trivia from the 80s and 90s. Ooh. I also picked up the King of Kong documentary on DVD a while back and really enjoyed it. 
King of Kong is sort of in inverted brackets a, uh, a documentary. It's more staged, isn't it? Mm. It's still yeah. fun though. It's still a good. It's film still a great watch. film. I think I've only seen it once. You know, so a few times. Uh, hope all is well. Back to this month's game. What does Mark Sharples say there, Sean? Uh, it's on about Boggy eighty four. We'll leave that till later because he's, he's, he's obviously really enjoyed it. But let's move on quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll remind you of how much he enjoyed it when you tell you read that one out later, Sean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got one from Matt Neo NK. It's found a retro directory, which is which is kind of a cool little website which which yeah. links to little little pop-up icons on, on the UK and you can click on them and you can filter it. There's arcades. There's quite a lot of arcades on there. Yeah. Points of interest, best biscuit shops. That's a good Ooh, one. Oh, hello. Cafes. Beer. Yeah, so that's very good. Retro dot directory. You can yeah, put that, that link in a no-show. So you can have we can use there. that when we go to uh, Gloucester, to the arcade archive. We can go down there and, and do a little biscuit run on the way down. Ooh, yeah. That's could good. do. Um, so Rob Dimio's been on. Just started listening to your podcast. I appreciate all the time you spend on the gameplay of the arcade classics. I truly appreciate your last treatment of my personal favourite, Mario Brothers. He included a screenshot of his high score table in Mario Brothers with a high score of three hundred eighty nine thousand. That would have that would have beaten our, our top score, wouldn't it? If you'd put that one yeah. in easily. Yeah. Cool. Thomas Lubbock, an enjoyable afternoon with my son. Plenty of retro action at retro retro replay Norwich. Straight to my favourite, Mr. Dearman, he's 200k. He sent us a nostalgia story, but I didn't get time to look at it. It was about 10 to 5 when we were recording. We'll we? do that next time then. Brilliant. Yeah. Not bad considering I haven't played it for nearly 40 years. That's, that's muscle memory for you, that is. So he's done a little write up and. It will be interesting in that one. Yeah. Uh, th- this one from I Am Jimmy, that's another one I've put into the scores. Another person liking yes. the game. Yeah. Friendly shout-outs. Two shout-outs for me. Yes. Dan Skew, Dan Skew sent me some great videos of him dressed as Mario at a birthday party. As he should be. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. He's enjoying himself, so he's so good on you, Dan. And it's good to chat to you at Alex's meet. Yes, indeed. God, that was a while ago now, that wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one I missed, unfortunately, because that flipping car accident. I'd like to shout out to DreamKid83, the musician who kept me company in the car with his music on the way home from that visit to Montrose. Two and a half hour drive is as boring as porridge from Montrose back to Glasgow. It's such a dull road the way back. So yeah. I had that. I was got into right 80s disco. It was awesome. Really cool. And I'm going to give a it wasn't shout that. out. It wasn't that. It's more arpeggios and stuff. This micro cord does arpeggios. You can arpeggio your face off. Oh, it's Commodore sixty fours had plenty of arpeggios back in. Put the a bit day. of reverb on it, a bit of de- delay. You're you're in you're in arpeggiator heaven. I'm gonna. I enjoy messing with that. I, I, haven't, I haven't made any tunes. I've just been messing with that for hours. Yeah, anyway, we will do. A good shout out then to Bobby Yudod for his lend of the Korg micro record and the Roland Chaos Pad two. And hello to all his cats as well. I met all his cats. Yes, even all the cone. Most of them, yeah, Bibby, yeah, Conehead cat, I call it. Mm. That's the one that keeps gnawing at its leg, this silly thing. Also, yeah. massive shout out to him as well, because I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking to him for a little while. I just have to get onto the old messenger again and have a chat to him. Homebrew Heroes, we haven't done this for a while, have we? So, this is a Green Beret uh, version on the MSX2, which is a computer I haven't got, and I would like to get hold of one. And this game is called Stab and Kill. 
That's not yeah. that's not a nice name for him, is it? Stop and kill. But basically, mm. on Green Beret, that's what you do in the game. You stab, stab, and kill things, and maybe flamethrower them sometimes. I looked at the video on this, and you wrote, it looks like it plays a little slow, but it looks really good. I reckon mm. it plays about the same speed as the Spectrum version, which is actually quite a good version, but it's hor- it just looks horrible. And the guy runs a bit funny. It's just like his top half doesn't move, and his legs look like they're on a wheel. They just sort of rotate around. But this looks really good, and... I thought, for some reason, I thought the MSX2 was a 16-bit system, but no, it's got a Z80A in it. It's an 8-bit system. Oh, I thought so. But it's a much more advanced. I think I think the Z80 was clocked at a higher rate, and it had a lot more memory, like, you know, 128 to 512K memory. So it was like a super 8-bit computer. I would really like to get hold of an MSX2, but they're quite pricey. And you can buy FPGA reproductions of it, but I want an actual one. They look a little mm. bit like STs or Amigas. They've got like, the disk drives in the side, a lot of them. But 8-bit, I th- didn't know that. I think Charlie Fast streams a bit of MSX on his on his Twitch you feed. Probably uses Mr, though, I expect, for that. I think Mr oh, does yeah. do quite yeah, a version yeah. of it. Shout out to Charlie Farr. He doesn't play our games anymore. because no, he's too, I miss him. He's, he's too busy doing, like, incredible games on his Twitch feed. You know, you know on Watchmen, you know the blue dude who has his wang out a lot in the film? Yeah. Well, you know, he sort of, he reaches a higher plane and he goes off to make his own, his own world. That's yeah. what Charlie Farr's doing. Is he's going to make his own gaming world. But he doesn't have a blue <clears throat> out all the time. He's just, just doing, get, should we move on? Shall we yeah. move on? We, we should move on. <laughs> Arcade Master Quiz. And here it is, Sean. I have a quiz <laughs> for you. It's not that difficult, this one. I normally hit you with a hard quiz. This one's quite easy. Okay. So here we go. All right. Sean Biscuit Hollister. Yes. Question one. Yes. What happens when you break a rainbow over an enemy in Rainbow Islands? You squash them, they disappear. No. If you hit them with a rainbow, they, they die and things fall out of them. But if you break one over the top of it... A diamond pops out. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm, You might need to know that soon. Question two. Talking about diamonds. What happens when you get a diamond on Mr. Do? I'll give you a bonus point if you get the two things that happens when you get a diamond on Mr. Do. Extra life? Nope. See, I don't know Mr. Do either. I don't like it. Uh, You don't like Mr. Do? What's wrong with you? No, I'm not keen on them kind of games, Mr. Do, Dig Dug. I know you're an idiot. The, the, you're an idiot. A diamond, you get 8,000 points. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I don't think we'll you say, do. We'll say that's a yes. We'll, we'll give you a bonus point for maybe. But what happens is you complete the level immediately and you get an extra bonus game, a whole credit. It doesn't appear oh. very often, the bonus diamond. And it also, you get it on um, Jumping Jack as well. Very rare now, to see that. I do like that game. Yes, that's on that. Question three. Talking of diamonds again. You can see where this is going. What kind of game is Diamond Run on the arcade? Diamond Run. It's like a Boulder Dash thing. Correct. It is. It's a very janky Boulder Dash clone. With a little bit of Dig Dug in there. Question four. What display does the Rock Ola game Demon use? What kind of display does it use? Is it an arcade game or is it? Yeah, it's an arcade game. Yeah, 
Demon. Demon. Vector. Can you elaborate on that? Color Vector. Correct. Yes. What is the game Daiko no Gensan known as in the West? Now, I'll give you two points if you get it without a clue. I'll give you one point if you get it with the clue. Daiku no Gensan. Daiku no Gensan. Don't know. Guess a clue. The clue is it's an IREM game on M82 hardware. I think or maybe 74. I can't remember. It's not no? that type, is it? No. Give up? Yeah. It is Hammerin' Harry. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Ooh. Question six. Who developed, who developed Crush Roller? There are a few of them, weren't there? Um, but who actually developed the game in the first place? And it got you know different names and stuff, and different develop, different distributors. Who developed the game? Canico. Nope. Alpha Denshi and a company called Kural. Oh, I noticed something weird here. Yeah. Question seven: What kind of game is Cosmic Monsters? It's a single screen shooter. But what kind of game is it? What game does it? Look Galaxian like. type of thing. No. Space Invaders. Space Invaders clone. I'll give you half a point for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eight. What bonus creature appears in track and field when you do a certain something on the high jump event? What creature turns up? Is it a chicken? Falls out of the bird, falls out of the sky. No, that's javelin. Give you one more try. High jump. A bear. No. It's a mole. A little mole pops up at the at the bottom. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Oh. <laughs> Nine. What kind of game is Trog? Oh, that's a platformer with a caveman. No. Oh no, it's not. Ooh. After it's take a, your first question, your first answer. It's a weird guy who walks around a, a place with like holes in. Yeah, it's almost like a maze game. Yeah. And for a bonus question. Who made it? Ooh. Bally Midway. I'll give you that. Midway. Yeah. The last one. Uh, I'll get this two, two as a bonus question for this. Where's bonus point? Uh, what hardware does the Taito game Zoo run on? Z O O O. Zoo. What hardware does it run on? Taito game. Z80. No. M six eight six eight oh nine. No, yeah. it's Taito G Net hardware. Oh, so it's a new thing. It's quite Ish. new, yeah. Two thousands, I think it was. And for a Ooh. bonus game, bonus point. What kind of game is Zoo? It's a really cool game. I used to have a G Net board. I gave it to Lewis. Is it a platforming shoot 'em up? Nope. With bits of nope. a gun game. No. Nope. nope. It's a puzzle Mi- game. It's a matching mixed, game. Mixed in with a whack-a-mole. No, it's a puzzle game. You've got to match the two creatures together. You can spin that's, them round. That's what I said. No, you didn't. So out of about 13 points, you've got four and a half. Very oh, that's poor. That's, that's terrible. So easy, those ones as well. Easy peasy. It's matter with stuff, stuff I don't know. Like Mr. Do, like people so familiar with it, but I'm, I'm really not. And like, I don't know. That, that one there, the diamond, it rarely turns up. But when it does, it like makes a sparkly noise. And when you get it, you immediately do level and you get um, a free credit. But obviously, when you're playing on emulators and in your home, it doesn't matter, does it? No. No. And here's a word from our sponsor. 
In the two-dimensional world of video dots and dashes, flat blips and formless blobs, one video arcade game soars a dimension above the rest. Zaxxon! Experience the control as you climb and dive. Feel the power as you attack and evade. Discover a new level of excitement with the true feel of action in three dimensions. Zaxxon, from the master design engineers of Sega. Feature game review. Right, this kids, you are in for <laughs> you are in for a treat oh, I'm, today. I'm speaking through my my hands over my face. This oh. is Boggy eighty four, crazily released in nineteen eighty three by Canico. Yes, it's a four. I think it's a four way stick. It works either way, four or eight way stick. Yeah, with two buttons. Sense. Jump and I'm going to call it gas or stun or blow or I'd Fart. say gas. Fart. Fart's could be front a, of him. Could be a trump. I before you carry on, Sean. I know <laughs> why you like this game. Go on. Because you are the main character in it. It's a little bald-headed guy with glasses. It's definitely you. Uh, I didn't think you of are Boggy eighty four. It's your past has come back to haunt you. I didn't think of that. I do remember in the past definitely jumping over. Jumping over monkeys in boats. That does bring back a... Bring oh, God, back a, God, just get on with it. Well, no one, <laughs> implausible backstory, no one on the entire internet seems to have a clue what the hell is going on here. No. Even the Spanish MSX box art seems to be guessing. Yep. I think it may be... Maybe the scenes and the and the protagonist have come from some kind of in-joke relevant only to the Canico stuff. I don't, I don't know. know. I really who, just, I have no idea. Who this needs guy, a story? When the well, game you don't is... need a story, but you need logic in, in 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 pinches in arcade games. You don't need it when the game's this good. Let's face it, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are boggy. Too Why? Bandit. Why are it's you been, boggy? It might it might be in a swamp. I've just thought of that because it's all boats and stuff, isn't there? Uh, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see, it's clever game. Two bad dudes have kidnapped Susie and locked her in a shed because they have. Yeah. Rescue Susie from the two bad dudes and lots of monkeys. That's the bad the dudes are called Honbiri, Sawa Sawa, and the monkeys are called Kimaguri. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely a Japanese game. Yeah. You do you, you do the screens by collecting the keys on each of the four and levels on the four levels to unlock the shed and free Susie. It yeah. sounds like you're making this up, but that's actually she is in a shed. She's in a shed, yeah, bless her. Why? You have two two buttons, jump and stun. I've called it stun now for some reason. Yeah. Stun doesn't work on monkeys, we know that. Everyone knows if, that. If you try to stun a monkey. If you spray hairspray at a monkey, it just it just bite your hand off. Goes through a zoo and it bangs the, you, yeah. The game doesn't tell you that, Sean, though. It doesn't no. tell you that. No. So with your first hard-earned credit when you're seven years old, your first 10p, you'd already be one boggy down by trying to stun a monkey and it just bites your hand off. Yeah, it's learning. It's learning. It's, it's intricate. That's the word. It's garbage. I've got some rules here. All oh, yeah. Three- all three baddies can be headbutted from the platform below, yes. except except when they are on a ladder or chute. This knocks the monkey Kimiguri off the screen, and the other two, if they are, you've got they've got to be the other two called slowly or hurry. Hurry is called Harry on, on the Spanish box art. Oh right. If they 
if they are already stunned, you can hit them. If they're not stunned, you jump up and they punch you in the they heat. Punch you in the face, yeah. Yeah. So don't stop, 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 stop. <laughs> what's the other guy called? If he's called Harry, is the other one Simon? No, he's just they, they just oh. hombury just slowly. Just don't um, leave me hanging on a ledge like that, Sean. I can't be not know what the other guy's called. I, f- I think he's just called slowly or something. Or we'll call yeah. him Simon. Simon. Yeah. Simon and Harry. Simon and Harry. They uh, <laughs> they punch you in the heed if yes. you don't stun them. Right. So don't try to headbutt them unless they're stunned. Yes. Which is hard work. So you jump up, stun, go up a ladder. Game. The game uses a single screen wraparound thing, a bit like reminds me of Flicky. Yes. But f- whereas Flicky is about a screen and a half wide, mm. this is actually a single screen. Right. It just wraps anyway, which is yeah. fun. Use the script. This is wave one. You've got four waves here. You, like it's already like Mario Brothers, as we're going to compare it to. Is yeah, they have what? used that, and and they've uh, they've taken a dump on it, basically, haven't they? The, the Mario Brothers has got one annoying screen. This has got four incredible screens. Mm, no, easy to navigate. You don't get stuck on, and you don't slip all. Over. Anyway, the game uses a single screen wraparound. Use the springs to bounce up platforms and shoot and go down to collect the keys. Get 10,000 bonus for collecting the keys in order. B-O-G-G-Y-84, seven keys. You can also, on this first screen, headbutt eight monkeys to clear the screen as well. And you get 10,000. If you collect, this is the same on all the screens, if you collect the the letters boggy in the wrong order, you get 1,000 points. You don't get your 10,000 points. Yeah, so on the first level, you've got to go up one... You get B on the first level, then O, and you've got two to get the G's, and go back down to get the Y, and go to the top to get the eighty-four. So it's yeah. a bit of moving around on the the springs that don't work. And what I was going to say, you know, you said it's in a it's in a sort of um, a, a boggy work. area on the first level. What are, what are those trellises in the background? They are to keep the monkeys in. Yeah, and then the logical. And Not then the really. monkeys come out of them. So, and you so in them. this in this sort of like bog wasteland where where the bad guys and the monkeys because <laughs> monkeys obviously hang around bogs, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Why are there springs and shoots? It's hmm? as explain as, yourself, Holly. As the Pie Factory podcast says, it's video game. What they say, video game physics. Yeah. This is video game logic. nonsense. Video what? game nonsense. The springs are easy to get up. Someone else said they struggled with them. Well, on if you watch the attract playing this, the little guy goes to the side, goes is walking past, and he jumps, and he jumps, and it sort of springs Diagonal. you diagonally. Yeah, and I, I, could, I can get that sometimes, and not others. Mm. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let, but if you stand right up underneath it and press the fire button, he jumps right up. But if you do it on the side, sometimes he misses, especially mm. when you don't want it to. And sometimes. Because he doesn't just jump up to the next level, he jumps a bit higher, then onto the next level. If there's a guy above you, he will punch you in the head. Yeah. So you've got to watch that on the springs. It's you really, be, really annoying. You've got to be so aware. You've got to be so aware. Right, what, level two, water slide. I put, this is more fun than Alton Towers. This is the level I turned off in anger and rage than anything Why? else. It's quite easy, this. Oh, God. The... You run up. It's one of them where you stay in the middle and the actual platforms scroll. Yeah, they're sort of sloped platforms with the keys. If you want to get them in order, you've got to go up 
the first level, and then up to like the fourth level, and then back down to two and three, then back up to the top. It's it's not worth bothering getting boggy eighty four on this level. But what yeah, I did, I, do. I, I was do. playing this quite a bit yesterday, trying to like it. Didn't happen. <laughs> and I did notice on this level when you just if you just run and jump over the monkeys, it's quite difficult. They come down really fast and they just get you. I found if you go quite slowly and bump them all out the way, they disappear and they don't come back. Or they come out the top again, but it's yeah. easy to go past them, bump them, and you'll miss them on the way. They won't have to jump them. You can just bump them out of the way. And obviously the the, the guys slowly and Harry and Simon, whatever your name is, you can spray them and just walk past them. But obviously, yeah. as it gets to the top, it gets faster because they're coming out quicker. Yeah, so if you you can kind of leave them, you, if you can jump over them, you can leave them because you know they're not going to spawn again at the top. Yes. So sometimes I leave them and go, I, I do get the 10,000 on this one. But you've got to get the keys and this. You can't just bump eight monkeys. No. All oh, right. I was trying no, to look the other day. I was counting them. I got more than eight. So obviously, you can't do that. Yeah, this is just the keys, this one. Yeah. Yeah, this one, if you're trying to spell the boggy 84 letters in order and you die, yeah. the letters X out, they they are replaced by an X and yeah. you get no bonus for the level, yeah. which, I, which I would change if I, if I could get into the code and change it because mm. it would be better. Would you change it into Donkey Kong? No, I'd change it into mm. boggy, eight, boggy 98, oh, which, was a, which was a fantastic fantastic version wave three seven shed mania i've called this one or shed Unlock- seven mania that'd be better shed seven banned for the 90s brilliant that's a good idea so seven sheds mm. unlock Susie from a random shed at the bottom of the screen there is a tip for seeing which shed she's in after the intro but it flickers it flickers really quick and apparently where she stops or the the shed that she hovers over for a millisecond is the one she's in yeah and a couple of the lads playing could do it, but I just couldn't see which one she was in. I've just, I've just worked out something, John. I'm watching you there. On, obviously, on the we're using FaceTime to do this podcast. I'm watching you and listening to what you're saying about this game, and it sounds like you're a madman. <laughs> Honestly, you've gone on about sheds and keys and monkeys. I'm like, this guy's deranged. He's, he's had a bad cheese dream, and he's just trying to describe it to me. This level bugged me more than anything because... The idea is it tells you it tells you sort of what's going on. It says take a key or keys. So at the top of the screen, there's a bunch of keys. You can just pick one and they've got letters on them. No, you can pick all eight. Yeah, but you can pick just one. So mm. it's got B, O, or G, G, Y, eight, or four. So if you if I think I presume if you can work out which of those sheds on the bottom flickers, say with O next to it, you get the O. You come down, you unlock the shed, get the girl, and you get 20,000 points. But if you take two keys with you, B and, say, G, and you find the girl, you get 10,000. But you can take all seven keys and try them all in there, which is probably the easiest way to do it. But you only get 1,000 points. So it's a kind of risk and reward, and you've obviously got to know how to work it out. But how the hell would you ever work that out by watching it? Some of the lads can see. They can see where it is. Where I can. They must be savants. Yeah, and or also sandwiches or whatever they're called. Also, you when you go down and unlock a shed and she's not there, yes. as long as there's no baddies throwing stuff at you or going at the top, you can go back up the right. ladder you so, came down and it's not reset. So to try again, you got the ladder with a question mark on it. It takes you to back up to the the top 
main shed. I can't believe this game's got so many bloody sheds in it. <laughs> <sighs> this, this, this level is bizarre. Loads of people couldn't work it out. It's just, it's maddening. You don't have to get all, you don't have to go reset. If you're quick enough, you can go back up the, the, what's ladders. it? Ladders, that's the word. Oh. Right, wave hurts, four now. Sean, it hurts, it's painful. This is wave four. <laughs> God, I got here once. Even more water slide mag- madness. Excellent. No. The question marks are the chutes you can go up. Walk up the yellow track, it's like a crisscross track, and mm-hmm. you can only be hit by the normal, normal monkeys. Walk up the blue track, and Boggy turns blue. Ooh, I bet he's cold. <laughs> and it can only be hit by the blue monkeys. Obviously. What? So so you can go... I, I figured it out. Mr. 25 figured it out. You can go... You can snake up there really quick, switching from blue to yellow, and you can do it in like 15, 20 seconds. You can clear the level 10,000 points. Boom. Wow. Oh, my God. You and shouldn't also, have to work things out. The rule with video games, easy to pick up, hard to master. This game is the opposite. It's just like, what the hell am I doing half the time? You have to work it out on video games. Yeah, but in, in the arcade, right, if you were putting your hard-earned cash in a machine... You want to have enjoyment. You want instant gratification. You want to play the game. And obviously back in the day, I think it was two and a half minutes was an ideal time of game to earn money and have fun. It was like the the ratio. This game would never have got any more of my money. I would have played it once and just gone, no, and pushed the machine over in a rage, set fire to it, and just, yeah. Got arrested. Probably. As an eight-year-old, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I think I think uh, Ikaruga would go on to copy this collision detection system. They go, they go what what the boggy goes blue and yellow. Ikaruga saw it and said, "Let's go black and white with the bullets." In I can 2000- categorically state that did not happen. It, <laughs> the, the the famed shmup Ikaruga by Treasure, the, you know, the a brilliant game making developer, did not use this game to make that game. They did I- not. I think they did actually. Anyway, God, Boggy and Boggy and Susie are finally reunited. They go down the go down the, the slippy slidey slope, and then they kiss at the end. And it says, "You are completed." And I've written here: it is commonly thought <laughs> that you are completed in the end credits of this game. Directly influenced, you complete me scene at the end of the 1996 Tom Cruise classic Jerry Maguire. That is a tall tale, and I can see your nose getting longer. And the noise <laughs> is coming from your microphone. I can hear it. Uh, tips and secrets. There's an undocumented extra man at 20,000 to elongate the fun. Is elongate the right word? Yeah. I, I mean, if I've got an extra life, it's like, oh, God's sake, really? And I don't think the game increases in difficulty after looping, so you're only going to get killed by silly mistakes or blokes follow it or getting the... The hurry one is quite annoying if he gets right behind you. Falling monkeys will kill baddies below for bonus points. I couldn't quite do that a lot. Well, it's only if a a baddie goes under a monkey when it's falling down, I suppose. Yeah. Graphics and sound. (laughs) Go on, lie to me, Sean. Lie to me. Music and sound is a joy. The jaunty, repetitive tune sticks in your head more than Bubble Bobble theme song. Bubble Bobble is pleasant. This is great. It's a lovely tune. The graphics are so good. My reply, there is swearing involved. And I said, are you insane? 
<laughs> the constant beeping when your character moves is enough to scissor yourself in the ears. Right? Let's have a little bit of your moving around. Let's have this noise now. Yeah? It kills me just putting that, just editing that into the podcast, right? And the death sound also makes me want to scream. This is the death sound. Just, oh God, it's, that is noise pollution. The tunes are just little silly tunes, but it it ruins it because every time you move, it makes this really horrible noise and it just ruins all the sound. It just tramples all over the tunes. It's horrid. How can you like that? I love it. Graphics. You're a madman. Graphics are delightful. Criminally insane. Colourful, colourful, very levels. And two, sometimes four frame animation on the well-drawn enemies. Right, the enemies aren't well-drawn. They're just weird blokes with beards and monkeys. And that first level still gets me. I don't know why there's green and brown trellises everywhere. They're just weird. (laughs) I reckon they did it right with just like springs and the shoot, which are green. And they've just gone, you know what? We need something in the background. I'll tell you what, this brown and green ropey thing, will that do? Yeah, put loads of them on it. Why? And then the next level is just like, the next level is just like lines. Lines, lines, lines. On a sort of sloping thing. And you just go up the thing and there's a shed, another bloody shed. (laughs) And then there's these little (laughs) houses down the bottom of what looks like a sort of dodgy Donkey Kong thing for level three. And level four is the same angled lines going both ways and another god another shed at the top oh well, actually there's a little shed at the bottom as well jesus christ sheds <laughs> cabinet art no art at all needed for this gem the gameplay speaks for itself <laughs> yeah go on oh dear I i'll tell you a I'm bit about be... that in a minute as well there's a fact about that i think i may be um being a bit deranged over enthusiastic about this trivia you get a bounds instead of you got a bonus it's on this game do you know how what? charming how charming it's just japanese english not quite right but they even repeated this jingrish atrocity in the msx version so what i think the developers doing why would they make this game on an 8-bit it wasn't popular in the arcade at all right mm, it's weird and what I think they did is they obviously got the game or a board of the game and somewhere to play it in an arcade cabinet and they just copied it word for word. Obviously, there are Spanish developers. A lot of Spanish people nowadays speak English because a lot of European countries teach English in their schools. But they just copied it word for word. So maybe they weren't English speakers. I don't know. But they copied well, it word for word. Even on the, the MSX, which I watched a video of it on YouTube, which is the same game just with like monochrome sprites you know they're mm. sort of single colored sprites similar, yeah and it's a very similar game if you if you like that sort of thing why right uh, the, this could explain a bit as far as i know boggy was only released for the home market in spain this is because boggy had to be withdrawn from sale in the rest of europe as there was an outbreak of spanish people dying after they died of joy playing it I don't Died think they did. This is a Japanese game for a start in the arcade. Very <laughs> too much fun lying about this game. After a resounding success of Boggy, Kanako went on from strength to strength, releasing Siver and the Dragon Weapons. Now that is a very good game. Yes. And the and the Mighty Gal's Panic series. These are the ones that did Gal's Panic. Is Gal's Panic the 
kicks kind of game. I think it is, isn't it, with the nudie girls? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, Kanako have done some good games, but they've done some rotten ones as well. So I'm going to have to get the swear box out for this. Christ mm. on a f***ing bike. You have hammed that up so far, you've turned into a talking baking sandwich, Sean. <laughs> I can see it. I can see the tomato sauce on the bacon there. It's Oh, my goodness. Do the damn scores. All right, here we go. Scores upon the doors. We have one punch Ron with 11,800. One point to him. Or I think everything up until the top 10, is it, gets one point. I only play this game to get the one point. Yeah. Virgil's auntie, one point, uh, 12,000 points. Ross Ross, 12,400. Slightly odd game chosen by a slightly odd man. You got that right, Ross. I would say garbage game by a garbage man. (laughs) That's you, Telt, son. The Old Golder, 13,300. Matthew Bridge, 14,700. Retro Russ, same score, 14,700. Uh, he says, Tommy Cooper, David Bellamy and Cuddles a Monkey all make an appearance as baddies in this game, but it's still not very good. They, <laughs> they, are, they are 70s characters right there, and they do look like them, actually. Uh, me, next. 15,300. I think I got... Before I, I change my main, which actually saves the scores, I think I got like 22,000, but I just do not care. 15,300 points. Ooh, Majok got 15,500. Retro Rex, 23,000 dead. Japing Barber, 24,800 is, but wow, this reminds me of a £1.99 Mastertronic game from 1983. <laughs> That's about the quality, yeah. There were some really good Mastertronic games, but there were some duffers as well. Tactical Giles, 26,200. Sell bug. Glad it's time to move on to another game. Boggy eighty four was fugly and painful. He likes janky stuff. But he got twenty six thousand nine hundred, so not great. Mm. He is Jimmy twenty seven thousand four hundred, and he says back playing the podcast game after enforced break due to problem with my main setup. New motherboard installed, and now I'm back in the game. A modest submission to my return twenty seven thousand four hundred. I liked this one more. Like this, please. There Absolutely not. Do not listen to the podcast again. Get out, Jimmy. Well, there you go. Adam Flint. Hi, Victor and Sean. I've had COVID-interrupted months, so I wasn't able to spend much time on this month's high score challenge, but here's my boggy 80, 84 high score, 28,900, by the way. I didn't say that. Ne- uh, never saw this game back in the day. Didn't get on with it initially, but now enjoy playing it, particularly the, the sleece, ski slope second level. I managed to complete two levels with four letter spelling bonuses, but don't have a clue what's going on on level three. Same as a lot of people. Matt Neo MK, 35,300, and he says, and I will not sugarcoat this, Sean, what an absolute turd of a game. Janky is an understatement. I couldn't really reliably jump on the springs. Truly terrible load of rubbish. Awful, I will never play it again. Yeah, Just a minute, I'm just going to add a little, for him, harumph. You're welcome. (laughs) I put I put on Twitter. Come on, Matt. What do you really think? <laughs> Zestora, forty six thousand three hundred points. Old man Steve, forty six thousand six hundred, and he says, "Got lucky finding Susie in a hut with Buckethead and Beardy Man." This game is nuts. The random hut hunt for Susie on level three kills it for me. How is Jobby eighty four better than Mario Brothers? Sean Holly, top skills from those getting seventy k and above. Obviously, you've seen some scores on on Twitter. It is better because it's fluid no. move, fluid movement. 
And, yeah, and through like, a sea of poo. And like Mario Brothers, which is just so hard to control and not fun at all. I will show you how to play it next time I'm near you, Sean. Okay, no thanks. Mark, what no gravy? 46,600. Improve my score, but not sure I can keep playing this guff. Level 4 is just weird, to put it mildly. <laughs> Dr. Goggles, 46,600. Hey, Victor. Thought I'd DM you about the latest game, so you've gotten cold contact with me on Twitter. Loving the podcast, which I only thought of... I only discovered mid of last year. I've missed a couple of months of the games and didn't exactly pick a good one to come back to. Annoy. First level seems like a reasonably 80s platformer. Second, I found really hard with a stupid fast sliding monkey. Third, it was just a chance whether you picked the right key. Fourth, I never got past. I got my highest score when I got lucky and picked the right key the first time to get the full 20k bonus. Or should that be bounds? The best <laughs> thing about this game is the bad English. And that is not great either. Mm. Mr. Messi, 48,300. Boggy, 84. This is infuriating. He's short, fat and bold, yet still manages to be married to a very attractive woman. His shade scream, midlife crisis too. He must be rich. Apart from that, the game's fantastic. Not really. No. Bootsy, 48,600. Bill Wellam, 66,700. Tin Bob, got another metal person, uh, 68,700. That's Brother of Bronze, Tin Brother of Bronze. Oh. Godfather of Zinc. Yes. Holy Daughter of Lithium. <laughs> Pilbo! Three points, 80,500. There was a little pause then, because I just looked at Sean with disdain. Peter Porock, 88,000 dead. James Wise Mids, 96,500. You, you are completed, all jank, almost into my third loop. What an odd little game. Ugh. P. Gids, 112,700. Why? Well done, P. Gids. Rygar. There was a lot of two of two of throwing between him and Neil 20 to 5. Very funny to hit, read on Twitter. Yeah. He, he had a little tip for getting 20,000. I forgot what it was. I screenshotted it, then I was going to try it and forgot. It's something to do with getting 20,000 on the first level. And me. Do you want to do in, a score as well? Yeah, I will do. Yeah. 123,400. <laughs> Forget the scores, don't I? Yeah, you're good but at that. Like, it is a bit important. Next, fourth. I was second until a couple of days ago. 125,900. That is not getting Susie because I couldn't get it. I just couldn't find her. So I was just getting it by accident. So I'll, I've just, I'll kept... just leave her there. I just languishing just kept... in a shed. <laughs> I just kept looping it and got that score. I was really focused. Neil, 20 to 5, also a lover of jank. Uh, 145,100. Every game, it just gets better and better. Yes. He is trolling me. He's going to get a clip around the ear when I see him next, that man. Is he trolling you? Yep. With this second, flipping thing he is. Second, a new player, Aid Skyway 73, with nine points, 163,900. Final thoughts on this game. Not one of my favourites, but the second level is fun. Finding, Su- finding Susie is just annoying as it's random, and the fact that after four levels, it just starts again with no difficulty increase only adds to the dullness. And top of the boards is Louis Wellham. And Louis is... Is he a teenager uh, yet? Yeah, Young, 13, young lad. Wow. Yeah. He got 261,000 points. He's playing right now. It's funny seeing a 13-year-old getting seriously stressed out by a 40-year-old game. But he's been, well, he's wiped the floor with everyone else. Well done, Louis. Well played, Louis. Give him a ping. 
We'll try and get you a better game for the next one, Louis. Sorry have about you still, that. Have you still got that resonant ping anywhere, or is it con? This game is not getting a resonant ping. Louis, though? Yeah, he will He will get... I'll buy him a cake the next time I see him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's done so well in this rubbish game. Ports so, and sequels. There was time. a port. There was a port of this game. Why? MSX in Spain. As I said, people died of joy playing it so they couldn't release it in Europe. I, I got a feeling that... Everywhere in the world rejected this game, and poor old Spain got lumped with a load of boggy 84 boards. That's why it's only got played in Spain. Mm, could be. Right, change. This is this is serious bit for me. Changes and improvement. Timed levels make it more interesting. More points mm-hmm. for quick completion of the levels. Better colli- collision detection on the keys on level three. You have to keep jumping through them. Mm. More extra lives, not just one. The ability to cut the intro scenes, which are boring, yep. in, including the ending sequence where you rescue Susie and they skid down the slopes, and it takes like half a minute for them to get to the bottom. Oh right! And and level three, sort your life out. Don't keep resetting the screen, please. That one was not good. Level three, it was. It, they sh- I like the platforming, but they should have made it more easy with the shed, not not just a random kind of guess guessing game. Yeah. I reckon the game should never have been made for a start. <laughs> but to be to be serious for a second, um, a brief introduction at the start of each level. So one and two sort of give you a hint because obviously a Japanese game, they didn't want to put any text into it very much because obviously the, the translation wasn't great. And it sort of shows you what to do. It's fairly simple, right? You get that pretty quick. But level three and four is just stupid. They're absolutely stupid. <laughs> uh, they're just nonsensical. Unlike the Fantastic Mario Brothers, which shows you how to do the game, what to, how to kill the characters, watch and learn, Kamiko, watch and learn. But with this game and also Mario Brothers and a lot of games where they, they show you a little animation of how to play the game, you should always be able to press the fire button to skip it. Because once mm. you've seen it once or twice, you don't need to know that anymore, do you? You should be no. able to just skip through it quickly. It's annoying yeah. having to wait for it. So yeah, all games that have got a an introduction have to do a level or some instruction should always be skippable with a button. Always. I think so. I think so. Right, annoy or enjoy. Like most sensible people. <laughs> I yeah, enjoy, right, Sean. I enjoy this early 80s janky fun. Just like when, way back in podcast number 91 in 2017, we scientifically proved that Doc Doc. Dr. Micro was indeed better than Donkey Kong. <laughs> can you remember me saying that? No, Sean, no. And when we defied all odds and now discovered that Boggy 84 is in fact superior to Mario Brothers. There is no one who is actually sane on this planet would say that. Well, I'm saying it. There are a lot of janky games that are enjoyable. This one's just weird. <sighs> So this is, for me, you may have guessed, yeah. hard annoy. Like most people in the feedback, hate this game, quite rightly so. This is arcade shovelware. There is no way this got a dedicated cabinet, because we couldn't find anything on it, or a wide release. As most arcades were sent the kit back to the distribu- distributor, marked garbage. Give us a decent PCB to put in our jammer cabs. So... The last word on this game from me, and this is from Unmamed Arcade Games website. It tells you all the games that weren't on MAME yet, or you know, ones that have been hidden or lost. Yeah. And it says on there, and I quote, I speculate that when the original game didn't sell well, Kanako got stuck with a bunch of boards. 
and some enterprising person or persons decided to mm, creatively dispose of them. I reckon they sent them to Spain. The same website states that the game was developed for Taito, believe it or not, and obviously wasn't released by them as they are, as the developers are obviously crackheads and were <laughs> laughed out of the Taito offices. So this was, this was developed for Taito. Taito obviously didn't pick it up. It wasn't good enough because Taito are a quality arcade game maker. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sent elsewhere. I never saw this in the UK, ever. I never knew about it until we did it. Well, I knew about it because there's a, there's a guy on, uh, UK VAC called Favoured Son, Gary. He's a really, really good games player. He used to play, he used to work in an arcade back in the eighties when he was a kid. And he loves this game. He's the world record holder. I think he got over a million on it. We think this is an unacknowledged score. Obviously, right. when you loop the game, you just keep, because it doesn't get any harder, as we said. It doesn't get any harder. He just obviously just played it forever and worked how to play it. But he obviously must have played it in the UK. But I've never heard of this before. And obviously, it never came out on the, the UK popular computers, Spectrum, Amstrad, Commodore 64, Amiga, ST, that sort of thing. Nothing. And the MSX was a bit sort of, well, you didn't get many of them in the UK. And it got a, weird how it got a release. Mm. It's odd how some of these obscure arcade games did get a release on like one computer. And it wasn't even like um, an homage, you know, sort of a remake in the future. It was, it was back in the day, it got an actual release of it, which is weird. Mm. Really weird. The head splitting movement noise was enough for me never to play this bastardization of a video game ever again, let alone the garbage gameplay. Absolutely pish in every way imaginable. <laughs> so from now on, right, there's a new rule in the podcast, hard and fast rule, right? From yeah. now on, this is in capital letters, Sean does not get to choose a game. It's just me and the listeners from now on. If they pick anything like this, I will go round the houses and kick them in the nether regions with a clog on. Can I just give you three You've you been told, Sean, and listeners... I've got a really hard pair of clogs and they're size 13. Watch out. Can I just remind you that you chose Mariner. Yeah, that's great. Lovely scramble clone. Lazarian. Mm, <laughs> carry on. And, and Kangaroo. Kangaroo is amazing and you know it. No. Yes, Great it artwork. Is. Best, some of the best artwork ever. It's amazing artwork, but the game, oh my God, it's just like someone's fell on a ZX Spectrum. Can I then, remind you yeah. of that janky SNES style game? I can't remember. Was it Super Trio you picked? Yeah. That is the worst game we've ever done. That's that even was, worse than Peter Pack Rat. It was good until it broke. It, it's, it was yeah. not. It was a good play. It, it played well. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. It was but, terrible. But when we got to the, uh, an area, it broke, didn't it? It just, crashed. just crashed. Yeah. <laughs> God, you you picked the only arcade game I've ever known that crashed and because it just did it reset. I can't remember. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to other people. It didn't happen to me, but it must have been some some weird circumstance had to trigger it. That game was so bad. I can't think of any other game like this. Can you? No, I I actually honestly do. I do like it. I do like it because you're because you're. I can't think of an insult hard enough. You are a flippity gibbet. <laughs> I'm not so keen on level three, but it's I, I just, like, I it's like, just a horrible like looking, horrible sounding, nonsensical shovelware game that never got picked up and no one liked it 
end of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but goodness. Uh, can, can, well, we, can, we, can we wrap this one up and, yes. and drown it in a canal now? Let's put a knot in it. Yeah, yes. drown it in the canal. Hold it down until it doesn't move anymore, yeah? Oh, we love you, Boggy. We love you. Don't worry, Boggy. We love you. I'll edit that out. Okay. Next show's game. I'm picking the next game and all the ones in future because of this. <laughs> yeah, go on. It says here, please don't pick a NES cart game. Funny you should say that because I did play this on the NES or on Famicom recently. I'm going to choose the classic Taito game, Rainbow Islands. Ooh. Because I played it on there and I got quite into it. The arcade version is quite a bit, well, it's the same game, but obviously the best version because it's the arcade. So, as I said, developers Taito quality because they didn't pick up Boggy. The ROM <laughs> is RB Island, R B I S L A N D. You get three lives, uh, difficulty medium, extra lives on 100,000 points and 100 and 1,000, which is a million. 100,000 and a million points extra lives. You can submit your score, and we only want arcade ROMs, please. So consoles or actual PCBs. Uh, no scores from console or computer compilations. They may be different. You can send your score with screenshots or just the thing. We'll trust you. Twitter is hashtag 10PSCORE, 10P score. You can use a Sidekick app in the 10 pence club section, which I wholeheartedly recommend. Or you can email the site, which is vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. And you can also use Facebook, add it as a comment, or go on UKVAC and go to our little part on that. The deadline for the scored submissions of Rainbow Islands is Monday, February 27th, 5pm UK time, please. And have I got anything more bad to say about Voggy? I don't think I have. I think well, I've exhausted all my venom. My venom is gone. I feel better now. I feel lightheaded. I, I bigged it up in a stupid way, but I did actually like it, honestly. I understand sometimes how you can like odd games. And like when I played, we mentioned Lazarian earlier, which is a midway game, I think. The reason I like that is I played it on a cabaret cabinet at the Portland uh, Retro, uh, Portland Expo Retro, whatever it's called, Portland, the Portland show in Oregon. And I really like the cabinet because it's, um, it's the same as a Miz. Pac-Man and a Bosconian cabaret. I really like the cabinet. And it was good because it's, it's got a, a joystick and four directional fire buttons. I got quite into it. But when I played it on Mame and that, I was like, oh my God, it is bad. It's a bad game. It just doesn't really work <laughs> very well. It's yeah. like a sort of game. If they polished it a bit better, it might have been better. Mm. But it was just like, they just did it and went, there, that'll do. Send it out. Whatever. Yeah, some very weird screens, yeah. Yeah, like, odd game and odd music and just an odd game in general. This thing... I, I, I can almost guarantee the PCB was returned because people were like, what do we do? We want our money back. And the arcade mm. operators went, that is not selling. People are not playing that game. Because at the same time, you know, 1983, 84, 1942 had come out. And you've mm. already got stuff like, you know, the classics, Galaxian, Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong Jr., all that sort of stuff. You've got all those really cool games in the 80s, early 80s. Scramble, you know, Phoenix, all these really good. And he got this. Mm. Compared to those, it's just, it doesn't cut the mustard. And I think back then as well, if your, if your game didn't hit 
hard and get a decent number of people playing it, it just got taken out, got sent back or put in a pile and never played again. So, yeah, mm. poor old Boggy. He does look so, a bit like you. Is that why you like it? Because he looks a bit like you. It's, it's kind of a role model for me, yeah. <laughs> and sheds. Anyway, the, no more shed talk. Have you got anything else to say, Sean, before we get off and have our dinner? I was just thinking that the, I, I like platform games, jumping games, where it's a nice fluid jump. I know this was a bit of a diagonal jump, but you can change jump in midair. Yes, that's always handy in a game. Yeah, you can't in Mario Brothers because you just... Don't need to. If you're no. skilled, you don't need to. No. I'll, I'll never like Mario Brothers. I, I did really, really try that. I did really try because I know you liked it. Oh, I love it. But yeah, we're, we're going to have to, yes, we'll have to leave this one in the vaults, dear, dear children, and maybe revisit it in a hundred years. Chained up, set on fire and buried forever. Do you know, do you know where it'll be? The bottom of the ocean. In a shed. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Sean. <laughs> Goodbye, kids. Thank you. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page You can tweet me at 10pencearcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered